Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hey all, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey, we are here. So I guess that means we survived the two-man roster of it's always game day in Buffalo. Really three with Mike Rabier, he's on board as well. Three-man roster here, it's always game day in Buffalo. We didn't get cut, so that's a good thing. No, I think when you have pro bowlers like the three of us are, you don't get rid of them. We were a lock to make the team, right? Me, you, and Mike. Come on, yeah, there was no option. They had, uh, they had no other options, right? They were just like, we got <laughs> to no. keep yeah. these crazies on for sure. Yeah, hey, uh, exactly. It is the day after the Bills cut down and the rest of the league, too, to their final 53-man roster. We're coming at you here on a Wednesday afternoon. So, as always, just like to remind people, by the time you hear this, there may be something we talk about that's actually changed already. But we're doing our best to kind of give you the information as quickly as possible and analyze everything in real time here as we go go forward. So let's do that, Matt. Um, Tuesday was the deadline for the 53-man roster for all the projections we did, for all the talk that we did. Was there anything really that surprised you about someone making the team or not making the team in any capacity? I guess it was a pleasant surprise that Kingsley Jonathan made the team. We talked about him a little bit on the last episode that we did. I thought he had earned a spot. I just didn't know where that spot was going to come from. I am surprised both he and Shaq Lawson made the team. Now, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with Von Miller starting the season on the pup list and what they're going to do. Besides that, not really. I mean, I think Cam Lewis might have been a surprise to some people, but not necessarily myself. Same thing with some of the younger offensive linemen, Alec Anderson and Vandermark. Both of them had strong performances during the summer and warranted getting a spot on the team. So no, nothing really surprising. I guess we should have probably exactly predicted the Reed Ferguson get cut and then ultimately come back because it feels like they do that every single year. But other than that, no, I think I was a bit surprised, though, that the Von Miller stuff happened, that he's going to start on the pup list. I did feel like he was trending in the right direction. I still think he's trending in the right direction from what Brandon Bean has said and also just from us being out there at practice and watching him and the things that he's able to do. Now he's got to work off to the side. My bet is that he was close. My my guess is that they thought there was a chance that he could come back and then – 
they were like, okay, well, even best case scenario, he comes back week three. Let's just save the roster spot and just be a little bit overcautious, which I think is the right move. Yeah, let me give you where I'm proud because I think that I was right and also where I thought something was going to happen and something different happened. Um, you know, going back a couple episodes, maybe last episode, whatever it was, I predicted Alec Anderson to make the roster. I said, I have Alec Anderson and Ryan, and, um, Ryan Vandemark, and I think they're going to make it over David Questenberry. And that's exactly what happened. I think what we saw, especially on Saturday in the game against the Chicago Bears, was them putting those two particular players in spots to make sure that they're okay with what they see. And for Ryan Vandemark, it was right tackle. He'd been playing mostly left tackle. Played right tackle, looked like he did well. Okay, that's our guy. To me, Vandemark was always going to make this team anyway, especially after Brandon Shell's retirement and Tommy Doyle's injury. Alec Anderson, though, that's the one that, I, I feel good about knowing and saying, hey, I really think this kid has a chance. I mean, the versatility that he offers, Matt, was really kind of undeniable, especially after Saturday. He's played inside. He's played outside. He can really play all five positions, actually. He's Ryan Bates. That's what he is. And now they have uh -huh. a guy that can do this who's younger. What's interesting about it, before we move off of that, what's interesting, I want to get your thoughts on this. Have you really sat down and looked? They have nine offensive linemen. They're going to add, it appears, Jermaine uh, Effetti. But that's this is a, and this actually ties to Effetti because Effetti's coming in as a veteran because Matt, three Youth. of their nine, a third of their mm -hmm. offensive line has not played a single snap in an NFL regular season game yet. Osiris Torrance, Alec Anderson, Ryan Vandermark. Yeah, it was funny. So actually, the three of them were all hanging out with each other after practice on Wednesday. So we went up to try and interview them. No disrespect to Osiris Torrance. We knew Osiris Torrance was going to make yeah. the team. So we were trying to talk to Ryan Vandermark and to Alec Anderson. And I joked, I was like, you guys can do it together if you want. And it was almost like the scene from Step Brothers where they did the interview as a team. Well, they did it with all three of them. So that was one of the questions that I asked. I said, how does it feel to be part of this kind of youth movement that's happening on the offensive line? And they said, it's nice because even though they're the young guys, the older guys aren't that much older than them. Like Mitch Morse is the seasoned grizzled veteran on the team, but it's not like Mitch Morse is that old. Do you know how much old Mitch Morse is, by the way? I think he just turned 30 or he's not quite there yet. You know, what's wild is Mitch Morse is 31 years old. Okay. To me, okay, Mitch I Morse, knew last year he was maybe that maybe last year was 30. And that was what surprised me. Mitch Morse is by number a year older than me. I don't know when his birthday is. Wow. Okay. His birthday. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> I feel like is so much wiser yes. and experienced in his profession than I am at 30 and he's 31. But regardless, so like Mitch Morris is 31. He's not that much older than the guys. Deion Dawkins is still a pretty young guy. He's in his twenties. So the guys who are the leaders of the room, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris, even Ryan Bates for that matter, they're not that old. So even though there's this youth movement, the line in general is still fairly fairly young. Connor McGovern's young. Spencer Brown's young. Deion Dawkins, as far as football age, is still young. So it's nice to have that kind of familiarity and relationship with the guys who you're learning from because it's not like these guys are like people who've played for 15 years or anything close to that. And I really do. I think for the Bills, they're going to have to start trying to figure out how they build this roster from here on out. They're in a Super Bowl window, and they need to continue to be aggressive in that Super Bowl window. But at a point, they also need to realize that they need guys with potential and cheap contracts that can fill out the roster. And I think this is a smart way of doing that because who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, you need to have an Alec Anderson or a Ryan Vandermark actually as a starter because you just can't afford to have somebody better. The other 
area where I was right that on the previous podcast was I gave four names of people I thought could be traded. One of them was now this wasn't rocket science. I think that a lot of people could have predicted this. So Boogie Basham is the odd man out. But where I was wrong was I would never see Boogie Basham and Von Miller not being on the active roster um, at the same time. To me, it would be tied to each other because if you're going to keep Von Miller on pup, then you would think Boogie. However, what you said, Kingsley Jonathan just straight up beat Boogie Basham out, basically. I mean, that's what happened yeah. here, folks. Let's think about it. I mean, the, the room is Rousseau, Floyd, Epinesa, Shaq Lawson. That's the other one. Like, was Shaq in or out? I didn't know. But to me, it you weren't going to have two of these guys not on. It was just basically going to be one of them, maybe one man out, maybe that would have been Shaq Lawson. But either way, it winds up where Boogie Basham's traded. They didn't get much for him. They trade him and a seventh to the Giants for a sixth in return. And those draft picks aren't coming for a couple of years anyway. Kingsley Jonathan. So doing the math, I was talking with PR man Kevin Kearns for the Bills, who also went to Syracuse like me. And I said, Kevin, when's the last time – the Bills had a Syracuse guy on the 53-man roster. We think it was Shamarco Thomas in 2017, which is amazing. But Kingsley Jonathan wins the job, uh, and he is on the 53-man uh, roster. So this ties into Von Miller. Like you, I thought it was trending that he was going to be active for week one um, and, and beyond. He's not. He's going to be on the pup list. He's on the pup list. So what does that mean? Well, it means not only can he not play for four weeks, he can't practice for four weeks. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, I'm thinking he probably doesn't even play until I guess week six would be the earliest. I don't think you're going to put him out there to practice week five, and then he's going to fly international to London and play in that game. No, I think week six is the date that I would have circled now, knowing that he is on pup. It's a home game. It's Sunday night football. You know, even though it's only a couple extra hours, it's a little bit more time to kind of get into the groove of things. Not that that really matters. I just don't think that they would start him overseas in that first game in London. I think they would just give him the extra week. I, I do think that they will miss him. Like that's the balance here. I think it's important to be patient. And I also think you can re recognize that you are a worse team without Von Miller than you are with him. But you have to know what the end goal is. The end goal is not necessarily to go 4-0 out of the gate, 5-0 out of the gate. The end goal is to try and win a Super Bowl. If you lose a game here or there in the first couple weeks, that's okay as long as you get hot at the right time and you win games at the end of the season. So, I, And I think that's just kind of a theme for the entire season, right? Like, Not to go too big picture here, they were 13-3 and last year. Realistically, they're going to have less wins than 13 wins this year because their schedule – is an absolute gauntlet, but I still think they're going to be a better football team. And I think that if you get hot at the right time, that's ultimately what matters the most. And having Von Miller be part of that getting hot at the right time is I think what could get this team to where they're trying to go. So even if it takes longer than that, even if it takes eight weeks instead of five or six weeks, that's fine. As long as your team has not completely sunk. And if your team has completely sunk, Von Miller should not be the only reason why that has happened. Like if we're talking about Von Miller coming back and this team is under 500 or something, they have much bigger problems that they need to figure out than just getting back Von Miller. It's not like that'll just be a bandaid on anything. I think Von Miller is a piece. I was going to say, I think Von Miller is a piece that takes you from elite team to team that could potentially win the Super Bowl, not from okay team to team that can win the Super Bowl. Isn't this precisely why they signed Leonard Floyd? To, you know, to to give them to give them this flexibility to give them insurance in case they want to do this with Von Miller and what's really weird to me is 
And I guess it shouldn't be weird. I mean, people don't follow the bills like we do, but the headline of, you know, Miller starting on pup. I mean, it was more like I had people reaching out to me like, Oh, Oh, did he have a setback? Oh, he's starting on physical and form. What's wrong. I mean, even like locally, I think there was a bit of a reaction of, Oh, he's starting on pup. What's wrong. Well, nothing. This was kind of the plan all along. Now, again, you and I both thought he very well could have been activated. This has, it doesn't mean he had a setback. It doesn't mean he's not ready to play. It just means they feel more comfortable giving him extra time because of the depth they have at defensive end to still win football games. And as you correctly just said a minute ago, to have him as the best version and as healthy as he can be in December, January, and hopefully in February. There was nothing else to this other than, oh, okay, he's starting on physically unable to perform. You know what? Would have been nice to have him. But, Matt, this has nothing to do with any sort of setback or some sort of surprise. Yeah, off the top of my head, I think that Giants game we were both talking about is like the 15th of October or something along that line. For comparison, they just did something similar with Tredavious White. Tredavious White got injured on Thanksgiving in New Orleans and came back on Thanksgiving the next year in Detroit. An entire season. We have talked about how it's different for a recovery for a pass rusher than it is for a cornerback. You're going forward. You're controlling where you go as a pass rusher. As a cornerback, it's all reactionary. That made me think, and a lot of people think, that Von Miller could realistically get back a little bit sooner. And I still think he will, but I never thought it was going to be like, significantly sooner. I thought instead of a year, maybe it would be 10 months or something like that. And he's still kind of right in that time frame. So unless he does not come back until November, which I do not think is the case, I think this is kind of what we expected when the injury first happened. Because even a couple days ago, I thought that he might be back week three or week four. Now I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's week six or week seven. And at that point, this team should be good enough to win those games with or without him. And I want to get to a couple other positions, including wide receiver and linebacker. They're both very important, but let's talk about Boogie Basham and that trade and you know what it says about the Buffalo Bills and Brandon Bean. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey it's sal capaccio from it's always game day in buffalo it's not just a podcast it's the 25th hour of your day your weekly source for all things buffalo bills right on time your time 
In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove here. It's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks for joining us. Video, audio, however you're consuming us, we always appreciate it. On audio, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, and of course, video at Sal Sports on the YouTube channel. Thanks for coming aboard. All right. There's been a lot of talk about, well, there it is, another second-round pick. Brandon Bean blew it. Uh, you can't get second-round picks right. A lot of high draft picks. I, I think, to be quite honest, there's some fair criticism of some of the draft picks that have been higher that haven't hit. But I think a lot of it is a, a the bigger picture is a much bigger overreaction to Brandon Bean's overall drafting. First of all, he's also hit on several mid-round to late-round picks. Those count, too. Yeah, you'd love every draft pick to hit. Second of all, he's not picking high, generally. He's picking lower. It's tougher to always you know hit on those draft picks. And third of all, most importantly, Matt, compared to the rest of the league and his peers, he's probably doing the exact same kind of thing, which is you hit some, you don't hit some. It's really the all-encompassing acquisition of players and how you build your roster that counts. I actually was just reading something that I thought was pretty interesting in The Athletic, and it was one of those agent polls. Did you read this story at all? I haven't. So it was basically they polled a bunch of agents and they wanted to know who they think are the best general managers, who they think are the best talent evaluators. And this was pretty top of mind for me. And I think the agents of the people that were polled, Brandon Bean was the third best talent evaluator, according to specifically them. And that's interesting because here in Buffalo, we're having the conversation of, is he doing a good enough job with his draft classes? And I think externally, it's like, yeah, Brandon Bean for the rest of his career, will be known as the guy who drafted Josh Allen, who took a chance on Josh Allen, and that will give him a longer leash, quite frankly, than it would to some other people who have not found a franchise quarterback, quite frankly, a diamond in the rough. Now, you go to these second-round picks. They need to be better. Like This has got to be something that they get better down the road, but it's also unrealistic to think they're going to get the same level of contributions from their day three picks that they have. I mean, think about the guys that they've been able to find on day three. I'm talking about players like Taron Johnson and Gabe Davis and Saran Neal. Like these are legitimate. Wyatt Teller, that didn't work out, but like Christian Benford. Christian Benford. Like the list goes. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, if the Bills go and win a Super Bowl at some point and their starting cornerbacks are Tredavious White and Christian Benford, nobody will ever be like, well, you screwed up Kyrie Elam. Well, it's also because you found Christian Benford basically a wash. So I still think, you know what I mean? Like they got to be a little bit better. They got to be a little bit more consistent. We just saw the chiefs win a super bowl with some really high impacts from some of their younger players on the team. Well, hold on before you go any further, let me, let me me piggyback on that. That is correct. But this past draft class for the chiefs was very good. They actually have about the same Brett Veach, about the same hit and miss rate than Brandon Bean. Go look at his draft class. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a first round pick for them. Where's he? What's he doing now? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Look at some Nicole Hardman. He was their first pick, second rounder, their first pick in 2019. He's with the Jets now. And he did, I mean, he was a decent player, I guess, for them. They just cut 
this week, one of their fourth round picks from two years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's so tricky. I think that overall the bills, I think this draft class, they haven't played a snap in the NFL yet, like a legitimate snap. To me, though, the early returns on this draft class are impressive. Mm. Like I think this is go- this is going to be a group that really makes contributions for the team, and I think that's how it kind of goes. One year it's a little bit down, one year it's a little bit up. One year you hit on a couple and you miss on a couple. I think at the end of the day, a good general manager just hits on more than he misses, or the hits are that much more worth it, even if there are more misses, which is probably what the ultimate you know reality is. There's probably more misses than hits. You just got to make sure you hit on some of the good ones. I think drafting is a very small part of a general manager's job. Hiring coaches is a very big part. Developing players is a very big part. Navigating the salary cap is an unbelievably big part. And all these GMs have a lot of people around them that help them do all these things. But you also can acquire talent in free agency. You can also acquire talent in trades. So it's not just the draft. There's a lot of things. And I'll also throw this out. As we sit here and talk, guess what else happened on Wednesday? Two of Brandon Bean's draft picks that they had to let go because their roster is so good got claimed by by other other teams. teams. Yeah. I mean, that's not happening a lot in the league. There's only a couple teams that happened with. Bills had three of their released players claimed by other teams. Zane Anderson, special teams guy who they signed early on in the free agent process, was never going to make the team. And then Nick Broker and Alex Austin, they drafted late this year. They couldn't crack yeah. the roster because the roster is so good. Mm-hmm. But you're going to tell me that these are like the, the drafting's bad when other teams go, oh, no, we'll take your draft picks if you don't want them. Yeah, and it's been that way for several years now. It's yes. not just the two this year. Last year, I think it was Jack Anderson was the offensive lineman's name, and there was another person, I believe, last year. That and was then two even years ago. At- it, was, it was Luke Tenuta last year, I believe. Luke Tenuta, okay. And then even you've got players like Isaiah Hodgins is like a polarizing name to say here in Western New York because I think if the Bills could get a – kind of redo they would probably keep Isaiah Hodgins or put him on the roster but I also just don't know what his path to get on the field was in Buffalo compared to what it was in the in New York so I don't think that this one should be like overblown but Isaiah Hodgins is another late round pick that they've had success with or has had has carved out a little bit of success in the league who knows what that ultimately turns into but I I just I don't think that that has become a problem for the Bills in any capacity and it's hard to criticize them you can criticize individual picks, right? You can criticize Boogie Basham. AJ Epinesa has probably not lived up to the expectations, but AJ Epinesa has been a totally serviceable depth rotational piece for a team. AJ Epinesa's expectations were lifted a little bit too high because there were people who thought he was going to go in the first round and because he was also the first pick they made in that draft. That was the year they traded Stefan Diggs. So he came in with expectations to be like, the top pick, even though he was ultimately a very late second round pick. So Epinesa is, I'd say, kind of a wash. The bad ones are trading up for Cody Ford. That never worked out. Also, by the way, still in the league and on a 53-man roster. The Kyrie Elam one, I guess, right now is a mess, but he's also going into his second NFL season. So I don't think the story is completely out on Kyrie Elam. And then the other miss is Boogie Basham. Those are the big ones for me. Oh, and Zach Moss too. Zach Moss never really worked out. So I think that's pretty standard though. I think it's pretty normal. By the way, I'm glad you didn't say Devin Singletary. I've debated with people about this. That was a good draft pick. No, it was a good. I, I I have had NFL personnel people tell me multiple times, Sal, if you can get a good, a full four year rookie contract out of a third round picker later, that's a good draft pick. I mean, that's a, uh-huh. that's a, a, that's a career. Most guys don't last four years. 
This guy, not only you got four years out of him, Devin Singletary, out of the third round, he's the leading rusher on a team that went to the playoffs and won games in the playoffs. I mean, that's not a bad pick. Anybody who looks at it like that just wants all pros at every you know draft pick and thinks somebody is a, is a miss if that's not the case. That's not true. I mean, getting a guy in the third round who could be a starter for multiple years is a good draft pick. And we'll see what happens here with Terrell Bernard, which is my segue to linebacker. All right, A.J. Klein released. We'll see if he comes back to the practice squad. But obviously that's an indication that he lost out on the starting middle linebacker job. The question now is, did Tyrell Dodson win it? Or does Terrell no. Bernard win it now that he comes back from his injury and how all that works? I feel like Tyrell Dodson didn't win it, but will also be on the field week one to start against the Jets. Mm-hmm. But the leash will be very short, and I think Bernard ultimately takes that spot over. That's my read on it because I, I don't like think it. Dodson has done anything to win the job, but I also think it would be a little bit too much to ask for Bernard to come back and get ready to play in a game as the starting linebacker in like 11 days. So I think it'll be Dodson who will be out there, and if he is the same – caliber player as he was at times during the summer I think it will not be very long until Terrell Bernard gets thrown out there because I think in their minds they might say okay like we know what we have in Dodson let's see if there's more with Bernard I think before Bernard got injured it was kind of a two-horse race between him and Dodson and it still had not like played itself out I almost feel like Bernard might benefit from being unavailable and ultimately winning the job at some point whether that's week two week three whatever it is yeah. And um, on this note, I was just scrolling through. So I've had a few questions here from people about the green dot, the play caller, middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. And look, anything can happen. But let me just tell people, as I sit here now on this podcast, the Bills are planning on their middle linebacker calling the defensive signals. Yeah. Whoever that is, it's not going to be Matt Milano. Matt Milano's never done it. He especially didn't do it this year. They're not just going to suddenly say, oh, by the way, two weeks before the Jets game, you're our new play caller on defense. That just can't happen. You're not going to do that. And by the way, Matt Milano's, you don't want him thinking through things. You want him to go play. That's what the job of his his job is. He's an all-pro. It's not going to be Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer. They haven't done it. They're too, the, the middle linebacker is close in proximity to everybody. He's the guy that can communicate to somebody more effectively. And it's part of the job. Does it? Hey, I know I'm you sorry. can debate who should be getting the middle linebacker job, but but that person's going to be calling the defense. Go ahead. Did you just see who got cut? No. Isaiah McKenzie. Okay. As we does sit I, here, does Isaiah McKenzie come back on the practice squad? Uh that's a good question. I don't know. Andy so Andy is, Isabella or Isaiah McKenzie? Andy Isabella. Isaiah McKenzie. See, I think Isaiah McKenzie. Andy Isabella. I've seen Isaiah McKenzie. I've seen the movie. I like Isaiah McKenzie. I also just watched Andy Isabella, and I think that he provides more. He's even faster. Huh. But, th- th- okay, this is, a, this is a fascinating debate. Sorry to take us Why does that be either or? It could be both. <laughs> That's a very good point. It could be both. I, I wonder, though, for... How about this? Hold on. Tr- another breaking news. Breaking news. Oh, more. According to Ian Rappaport, the Bills are going to sign Christian Kirksey, linebacker. Oh, no kidding. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Look at us breaking news. Well, we're not breaking any news. We're just reading it off. To and you. the last well, sentence from me and Rappaport, this usually comes from the agent, by the way, a little behind the curtain, right, Matt? Yeah. Last sentence. He prioritized winning. Wow. All right. Let's dive into this. Okay. Coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, so Christian Kirksey joining the Buffalo Bills practice squad. That's according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. I'm sure that that will probably get confirmed by multiple more people from the time that this podcast gets released and you are ultimately listening to it. What do you think? It was the name that immediately when he got cut, Kirksey, Bills fans started circling and saying, okay, how do we get this guy on the team? And the reason they do that is because at one point in time, like Christian Kirksey was a really solid player in the league. I don't think that's the case anymore. I mean, that's pretty evident, like, that he's joining the practice squad and not another team's 53-man roster. But at the same time, it is the biggest question on the team right now. The middle linebacker spot is a massive question mark heading into the season. And I think he's kind of proven more in his NFL career, even if he's trending downward, that he still might have more juice than some of the other guys. Yeah, and let's just walk through this for a second. So you say, okay, practice squad. Oh, okay, well, why would you sign on practice squad? If you're really serious, you sign him to the active roster. What did I just say a little while ago about the middle linebacker? Green dot, uh-huh. play caller. There's a lot that goes into that. This is an opportunity. You bring him in. He starts to learn your defense. You get him up to speed. You can't put him on the field yet to be able to do all that stuff until he understands you know, the defense and you know what goes into that position specifically for the bill. So I'm fascinated to think about what this looks like down the road. Now, the other part of that is practice squad means you're a free agent. Another team can come calling at any time and he could hightail it out and say, I got a job on a 53. He could do Uh that. But the reason you sign him to the practice squad now and not your active roster is because you get him up to speed while he's learning the defense. And then eventually you say, okay, he's ready. Now you put him in if you feel that you need to do that. Yeah, I just think that this is one of those things where I I like to think almost of every football move in this way, but I think the reward is significantly greater than the risk here. What is the risk involved with this? You add him to your practice squad. If he's washed and he can't play, then you part ways with him and you didn't invest much into that. I think you're getting him because one, you know, the agent says he wants to join a winner. 
Sure, he wants to join a team that's going to give him a paycheck. And two, he has been – like Micah Hyde has been very adamant that he wants to play with Christian Kirksey. They played together at Iowa. I think they're very good friends. They hang out with each other. So he has a voice in the room of saying like, hey, dude, come here. I also think Micah Hyde advocating for you to try and come join the Bills is probably an indication that Micah Hyde, who is a very well-respected voice in that room, thinks that he could make the team better. I don't think Christian Kirksey is coming here unless he thinks that he's ultimately going to get on the field or at least get on the 53-man roster. So that's kind Ooh, of my wait, I got a question for you. I got a question yeah. for you. First of all, before I ask the question, happy birthday, Christian Kirksey. Thursday's his birthday. He's turning 31 oh. years old. So there you okay. go. Happy birthday. Happy Not birthday. while we talk, but when people listen to this maybe, right? His birthday <laughs> yeah, is exactly. August 31st, 31 years old. Okay. Does this mean no AJ Klein? You get 16 practice squad spots. Yeah. Um, I would say it's both of them. Okay. You think both of them. Are I you do. still going to go would, both of Isaiah McKenzie and, and Isabella? Are you choosing one or the other? Isabella is apparently joining the practice squad. They could change course anytime and sign Isaiah. Of course, I'd rather go with Isabella. You say you'd rather go with McKenzie. I've seen Isaiah McKenzie before. I know I, I like Isaiah McKenzie. I'm ready for something different. I like what I've seen from Andy Isabella. I'm I'm ready to go that route. He's younger, and I think he's uh-huh. a little bit faster. But here's my faster, yeah. But here's my question about that, and this is what we got sidetracked from because of the Christian Kirksey news. What is more valuable as a practice squad player? There's not like a firm answer here. Somebody who you think is a little bit better with a little bit more upside, or somebody who knows the system and is also genuinely loved by the staff and by his teammates. I don't know the answer to that. I think if you really are preaching culture and how much that stuff matters to you, I think Isaiah McKenzie might get the nod over Andy Isabella. That, that's not a knock on Andy did you Isabella. Not listen, did you not listen to Sean McDermott talk about Andy Isabella and all the great things he brings to the culture? Yeah, but what's he going to say? I mean, like they, we were asking No, no, Sean I know questions. that, but I mean like the while he volunteered things like, he's like, look, the guy jogs on the field, jogs off the field, all these little things. Like he kind of volunteered all those things. I think, I think saying it the way you're saying it is almost like an indictment that maybe Andy Isabella is, doesn't no. do all those things. I know that no, they love I, Isaiah McKenzie, but it doesn't mean you can't love the other guy too. No, for sure. I just think that like you have such history with Isaiah McKenzie. And I think that that can be viewed one of two ways. It could be said like, okay, eventually we needed to turn the page or, okay, like we know what we're getting here and we want a known commodity on our practice squad, not a guy who we really don't know that much about yet. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. The thing there though, is I feel like there's other players who also deserve spots on the practice squad specifically at that position, right? Like, don't you think like Tyrell Shavers has earned a spot to be on a practice squad? Yes, right? Keyshawn so, Johnson, yes. Keys- yeah, like you can't keep four or five wide receivers on your practice squad because that's just way too many people at one position. And that's also taking snaps and work away from your actual starters who are trying to get work in. So I I don't know. Listen, I I am the first usually, but I'm generally way more on what you're saying than Mm -hmm. I am right now. Like I am culture guy. Like I believe in all that. I agree with all of that. I just think you can also hold yourself back if you go, wow, we really know the guy versus, uh-huh. hey, this guy's younger and better and he fits us anyway. Yeah. I, everything you're saying makes sense. 
like from a everything you're saying is like okay if you think Andy Isabella helps your football team more than Isaiah McKenzie then you sign Andy Isabella I guess what I'm saying is if the difference is very marginal you take the guy who's more of a known commodity and also really really loved in the locker room because I, I do think that ultimately helps your culture I, I guess where I guess what our difference is is what's the gap between what Isaiah McKenzie is now and what Andy is Isabella is now to me I don't think it's that much. It sounds like to you, you might think Andy Isabella has a little bit of a bigger gap than Isaiah McKenzie. I guess so, but I'm also projecting. I don't know that yeah. for sure. Right? I mean, like I'm, I'm envisioning it. I'm projecting it. I'm not sure. There might not be much of a gap, but look, they, they gave Isaiah McKenzie the keys of the car last year in the slot position, man, and it just didn't work uh-huh. out. You yeah, know, it's know. why they it's why they drafted Dalton Kincaid. It's why they signed Deontay Hardy. I, I just, I, I, I I'm I'm all for the new stuff now. Like let Can you I, gotta yeah. you gotta do something a little different. Anyway, that said, let me you're, let me let me ahead. bring up let me bring up one more point though. And I do think that this speaks just volumes to where the team a lot of people on the outside are gonna say the Jets are the best team in the division, the Dolphins are the best team in division, like all of these things, right? There's so much noise. Think about how we're talking about this team. Isaiah McKenzie being somebody who might not be good enough to be on the practice squad compared to a year ago when Isaiah McKenzie was their third best option in the passing game going into the season, like legitimately. Now you have Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Those are the same two. But then you also have Dalton Kincaid, you have Trent Shurfield, and you have Deontay Hardy. You have so many more legitimate NFL weapons in your system on your team that I think it's realistic to think that this offense could really take a next step. And you've got Kandorsi coming back for a second year. I think that might be more important than really any of the other things we've talked about. So the fact that we're even having this conversation about Isaiah McKenzie also shows how much the rest of the team has grown, at least on offense, and how much more potential they might ultimately have. The, another way to look at this, piggybacking on what you said, uh, my colleague at WGR Sports Radio 550, Jeremy White, has tweeted. This is a great tweet. Both of last year's Bill's slot options – failed to make a roster out of camp this season. He's talking about McKenzie point. and Jamison Crowder. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, you're just like I said, you what level are you really getting? But it's great. And it's Cole great and Cole Beasley. And Cole Beasley, but he really wasn't an option last year. He was you know I, I mean they didn't I know, really I know. have him. But you're right. You're right. I mean, he's he's gonna be on the Giants uh practice squad, by the way, Cole Beasley. He is dealing with a bit of a leg injury, but he is he is going to be on their practice squad. All right. I want to wrap up with just a little bit more on the wide receiver, which is one of the areas that I did not foresee coming on the 53 was them only keeping five wide receivers. Now they do have the option to elevate Andy Isabella, or if you want to sign him as a kind of the practice squad or whoever, you can elevate someone and have a sixth on game day. That's fine. But Justin Shorter is going to go on IR. That leaves you with five wide receivers. That's something I didn't see coming. Now, it doesn't have to be a bad thing in any regard. They have Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox who can catch passes. They have James Cook who can catch passes. The, the pass-catching options are plentiful. But it does seem to me they went a little bit light at wide receiver to make sure they got other guys on. Yeah, I think they did, but I also think that's a part of the people that they have there because I think there's a little bit more trust with the guys that they're ultimately keeping because the way the current roster is constructed, Khalil Shakir is your fifth wide receiver. I think if you had to play him at some point during the season – and give him like a decent amount of snaps, you would feel pretty confident in that. You don't think he's going to be an all pro or anything like that, but you think he'll be serviceable enough to kind of bridge the gap until those other guys are back. So I think that honestly speaks more to the quality that they now have, as opposed to some of the years past where there is a huge drop off. I mean, we're not talking, no disrespect to any of these guys, but we're not talking about the ghost of John Brown, the ghost of Colby's lead, Jake Kumaro, 
players coming off of injuries, these other guys that they've had that round out their wide receiver rooms the last few years? I lied. I got one more. Okay. Give me a prediction. You can be specific with names or just in general. What happens at Bill's backup quarterback right now? They only have two on the roster after uh-huh. placing Matt Barkley on IR for the season. I think it's just Kyle Allen's job. And I think they continue to sniff around to try and see if there's somebody oh, what about else available. The organization? Yeah, give me more because you're, you you can't just have two in your organization. No, f- no, for sure. I, it'll They'll go sign somebody to their practice squad. I think if it were up to me, I would try and find a better backup and then put Kyle Allen on the practice squad. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think they're going to say, okay, you know, there's a lot of circumstance involved with this. We think Kyle Allen is maybe better than he showed in the final preseason game. He would be playing with better people consistently, and he would have probably a little bit more success. But, I mean, they told on themselves by trying to go trade for Trey Lance. Trey Lance was – Trey Lance is weird because if you would have acquired Trey Lance, you would have had him on your roster. But – then you would have put Kyle Allen on the practice squad to probably be your actual primary backup, at least for the time being and elevate him on game days. So now like if that's what they were going to do, if they actually acquired Trey Lance, it makes me wonder, is there somebody else out there? I believe I saw Diana Rossini report this morning from the athletic that the Texans had taken calls on case Keenum, but they're choosing not to trade him. I wonder if the Brandon Bean was one of those calls just because of the familiarity there. There's other guys that come to mind, but, Here's the thing. You hope it doesn't matter. You hope you have Josh Allen for every single game. But if it does matter, then it really matters. And you need to put yourself in the best position possible. Here's my prediction. I agree Ooh. with you about Kyle you Allen. Say, you, say, you say this with conviction, which makes me think you got something good. Because hmm. I think it's a little different. Um, yes, Kyle Allen will be to the backup quarterback. But I don't think that he should feel really completely comfortable at all times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they have an opportunity to bring someone else in, they may do that. It would take them a little while to get up to speed. But I think, like you said, like there's room there for them. There's just not a lot of really, there's not guys like that around the league. They're just waiting out there for jobs, though, Matt, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. who are you going to get that's sitting out there that's better than Kyle Allen necessarily? Every team's in this position with their backup. But here's my prediction at some point here soon, Matt Barkley is going to get released with an injury settlement. Mm -hmm. Then the bills will have to wait at least three weeks because an injury settlement is basically the two sides negotiate how long the player would actually be out for. He gets paid for that amount of weeks, whatever the two sides agree on the player and the team. Mm -hmm. And then he becomes a free agent. He can resign with your club after that amount of weeks, plus three more. Let's say, Hey, it's one week injury. That's four weeks. Then one plus three. They'll then resign him. He'll be the practice squad quarterback a month into the season. Something like that. In the meantime, they just sign an arm to make sure they have somebody to run scout team for four weeks. That's what my prediction yeah. is. Chestnut checkers, right? How about right. Nathan Peterman? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, Don't actually do that. Don't actually do that. Okay. There are guys out there like PJ Walker that I actually would have interest, but he's kind of smaller, and I don't think that's their flavor. Um, uh-huh. You know, Malik Cunningham? Uh, mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi would have been interesting. These are smaller guys, but that's why I think mm-hmm. Trey Lance is like more of their, we want the traits kind of guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But there are guys out there you could bring in to develop, but I don't think they're necessarily looking to develop. If there was a guy they liked a lot. They would do that like a Trey Lance. I think what they're looking for though, is somebody just to make sure they get by that have an extra guy in their organization to run scout team for a few weeks, because I can't see Matt Barkley sitting on IR all year. If he does, by no. the way, if I'm wrong, if he does, He's in the building. He's in meetings. He's a quasi coach, which is like Davis Webb used to be. 
Yeah. Um, is Josh Rosen retired? I'm kidding, by the way. I'm just curious. Is Josh? What Rosen is up retired? with you and these names you keep bringing up? Because I always knew Josh Rosen was going to be a Buffalo Bill, so I figure it's time to finally bring him home, right? Because that's what everybody I thought back in 2018. Just excited about Isaac Rosen, or however you want to say his name now, for the sake. Yeah, yes, that's that. They they absolutely have to do something. I'm not overly concerned about the right. third option. I think you know it, it could be you and you or me for all we know, but I do think the best case scenario for them is going and getting an improvement somewhere, putting Kyle Allen on your practice squad and then having him as your absolute last option, but also having somebody who you're a little bit more comfortable with as your actual backup quarterback. I just don't necessarily think there's a slam dunk option out there. Like Bailey Zappi is the first name that comes to mind, but I don't even know how good he actually is. Well, by the time everybody hears this, there could be a lot more changes. So we're trying to bring this to you as quickly as possible. We'll do that again later in the week, early next week. Whenever that happens, make sure you're subscribed. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app. Of course, Sal Sports on YouTube. We got your audio, your video. We got as much as we can give you as far as what we know. And then, of course, there's going to be more happening as far as transactions. We lead into next week. And then, Matt, it's week one, getting ready for the New York Jets. Yeah, we're getting close. We're getting really close. There's actually only one more practice from the time that we're recording this until game week for the Bills. So they practice on Thursday, then they get the holiday weekend off, and then it's back to work next week, and that's legitimately a game week. We're talking about getting ready for an actual regular season game, which is pretty wild to think about, but it's also really exciting to think about. Thanks to Mike Robbier, our producer. We'll talk to you next time, and it's always game day in Buffalo. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.